Brandon Robinson here with the Make America Great Again podcast. Today we're going to talk about the Russian collusion story. Now this all started on 4chan, believe it or not. Uh, Rick Wilson, a GOP strategist, and went on MSNBC and said some mean things about Trump supporters, such as, uh, let's see, quote, They are a bunch of childless males masturbating in their basements to anime. Good job. So 4chan took it upon themselves to... Uh, first, they researched Wilk, uh, Rick Wilson and found out that his son is into, like, uh, like pee fetishes. Like, I think he actually runs, like, some kind of pee fetish porn site, right? So, thinking that would kind of be normalized to him, they actually created a story about Trump getting peed on by hookers in a bed that was once slept in by Barack Obama in Russia. That was, like... The meat of the story, right? So Rick Wilson, Rick Wilson, that's quite a tongue twister, uh, gave this uh, piss dossier to Christopher Steele, um, and he Christopher Steele is an ex Cambridge Union president, an ex MI6 Moscow field agent, uh, ex head of the MI6 Russians desk, a former advisor to British special forces on capture or kill ops in Afghanistan. He's you know kind of in the deep state, if you want to call it that, or at the very least in the intelligence community for sure. Uh, Christopher Steele is already working on opposition research for Donald Trump for Fusion GPS, co-founder Glenn Simpson. Uh, also working on this report, well actually she started the report uh, before Chris was even hired, was Nellie Ower. I'm, I'm guessing that's how you pronounce her name. It's O-H-R, Nellie Ower. Uh, she was a Stanford PhD whose expertise is Russian intelligence. Hmm. Uh, her husband, uh, Department of Justice Deputy Attorney Bruce Orr, he was demoted for his part in this scandal, by the way. Um, you know, he, he actually was the one that accepted the documents from John McCain, but we'll get that later. Uh, Hillary Clinton, through her lawyers at Perkins Coy, paid Fusion GPS to do this research uh, starting in April 2016. Uh, they centered the report around the fact that the Russians were going to blackmail Trump and I guess make him do stuff like lift sanctions put in place by Barack Obama. Uh, this was later referred to as the Steele dossier. Now, here's an interesting bit of information. Uh, Perkins Coy, the law firm that represents Hillary Clinton, uh, also represents Fusion GPS, CrowdStrike, Starbucks, Facebook, President Obama, George Soros, and all of his NGOs, Amazon, and Google. So that's quite a client, a client list. Glenn Simpson is the founder of Fusion GPS. He and his wife, Mary Jacoby, had written in the past for the Wall Street Journal. Now, Mary said in June, It's come to my attention that some people still don't realize what Glenn's role in was uh, in exposing Putin's control of Donald Trump. Uh, she wrote, Let's be clear. Glenn conducted the investigation. Glenn hired Chris Steele. Chris Steele worked for Glenn. And she was apparently jealous that Chris was getting all the attention. Uh, in the past, the couple had wrote about Paul Manafort being a corrupt guy who makes his money off bad Russian people like Viktor Pinchik and, um, you know, Putin and all that. And, you know, that was back when he was working for Tony Podesta, lobbying for Russia. Anyways, um, once Manafort joined the Trump campaign a couple months, uh, you know, back in, I think, April 2016, this is all they needed to start the hunt for evidence for this obvious Russian meddling in the election because Trump hired Paul Manafort to head his campaign for a couple months. And apparently since 
Paul has had dealings in the past with Russia. That's all they needed to know, you know? Meanwhile, uh, Hillary wanted to actually start a war in Syria and possibly with Russia in the process. And we're supposed to act like Russia wouldn't rather have a reasonable businessman like Donald Trump in the White House over a psychotic politician who had already made her like very bad intentions towards Russia clear. Uh, if I were Russia, I'd be pulling for Trump too. So after months of work, they had a nice thick report full of unnamed sources and uncorroborated stories about Donald Trump. And in November, Christopher Steele gives this dossier to an associate of John McCain in an official capacity to warn the government about the Trump-Russia connection. Uh, this is all convenient, uh, you know, and it comes to light after Donald Trump is elected, of course. Not a peep of it until he wins. Weird. In September 2016, Steele had also briefed reporters at CNN, The New Yorker, The New York Times, Yahoo News, and The Washington Post. By January, a couple months later, Steele dossier was published in BuzzFeed, and the fake news term was coined by our president, you know? Um, in case you forgot, there was that famous news conference where he, where he you know, calls CNN fake news. He actually says, uh, he was talking about BuzzFeed and... Um, you know, they're, they're literally the, the Pissgate scandal. And he mentioned that CNN had reprinted it, um, you know, and that they were just as bad as Budfeed. And then I forget the, which reporter it was, but he started demanding that, uh, you know, President Trump give him a question since the CNN was mentioned in the, that statement. And, uh, see, and that was when Trump said his, you know, greatest line ever. I'm not going to give you a question. You're fake news. You know, oh, it was awesome. And that, the uh, the whole room laughed when he said that. You could hear it plain as day. Like, they all laughed. Uh, you know who wasn't laughing, though? FISA Court Judge Contreras. Uh, this is the same judge who approved the warrant that led to the wiretapping of General Flynn, Donald Trump, and members of his campaign, as you know, uh, based on evidence found in the Steele dossier. Now, Mary Jacoby had visited the White House back in April of 2016, and met with Obama officials. She told them about the research her husband was conducting, and in the 10 months that after that, a lot happened, including, obviously, Donald Trump being elected president. The CIA and the FBI had already seen the Steele dossier. They had used it as reason to unmask Trump campaign team members for political reasons for the Obama administration, officials like Susan Rice. Um, in case you don't know who Susan Rice is, she was the Obama national security advisor. Um, he, she was also the former U.N. ambassador uh, as well. Uh, you might know her as the woman who lied to us all on the Sunday after the Benghazi attack. She went on ABC, CBS, NBC, Fox News, and CNN and just lied. Said it was all about a YouTube video. It definitely was not about a YouTube video. That I mean, we know that now. The, uh, the attack on our embassy and the, um, the rape and murder of Ambassador Christopher Stevens something they don't mention, he was raped before he was killed. Uh, that was all had to do with us selling Al-Qaeda, pretty much, some anti-aircraft stinger missiles. So we accidentally sold it to Al-Qaeda. And then Stevens was there to try to buy him back, literally. That's like what he was doing there. Uh, and it didn't work out, obviously. Instead, he got killed. Um, and the people responsible were these... Anzar al-Sharia terrorist group. I mean, again, common knowledge now, but it was knowledge then, too, is the problem. The government knew that these were the people responsible, and they still went on TV and lied to us all and said, oh, it's, uh, it's this YouTube video. 
you know? Definitely not these terrorists that we pissed off because we drone-striked one of their founding members. So anyways, I digress. Back to the topic at hand. Christopher Steele turned down over $50,000 from the FBI to verify and reveal his sources. Uh, the FBI knew that this was false. Like, the, the, the whole, you know, Steele dossier was not, you know, it's just a bunch of crap. They didn't care. It's, they, they still used it to try to win FISA courts and all that. It took three FISA court hearings before Judge Contreras agreed to the surveillance due to the lack of evidence in the Steele dossier. Uh, Obama's Attorney General Loretta Lynch gave special permission for a Russian lawyer, Natalia, now give me a second, Veselnitskia, Veselnitskia, to come to the United States and meet Donald Trump Jr. at Trump Tower. And we all heard about this meeting, you know. Um, Donald Trump Jr.'s friend, Rob Goldstein, uh, he was—he actually had connections to Fusion GPS. He was the one that helped set up the meeting with the lawyer. But the meeting, like, nothing happened. It was a bust. And she didn't have anything to actually offer on Hillary Clinton. You know, like, uh, nothing, no dirt on Hillary. But she was just one to t talk about the uh, repeal of the Majinsky Act, which is, uh, it's an act that, uh, basically, we passed it in 2012, and it uh, locks the bank accounts down of a bunch of rich Russian politicians who we claim are responsible for this Majinsky guy dying in prison. A bunch of crap that no one cares about, okay? Anyways, the uh, that was the whole point why she was there. She was there to try to, I guess, ask if Donald Trump, if he became president, would be willing to repeal this. But this was, like, way before he became president, and, he, you know, Donald Trump Jr. pretty much was like, okay, what was the point of this meeting? This is dumb. You know, and nothing came of it because she didn't have anything to offer on Hillary other than hearsay. And she just wanted to talk about this, you know, Russian bank act that, you know, keeps Russians from doing business in the United States. And that's like he did, he, he literally did not care at all about that crap. So, I mean, that's not, you know, he was trying to get his dad elected president. He wasn't trying to talk about policies afterwards. Um, but anyways, so. The Obama administration used that meeting that they allowed to happen. Like, they they went out of their way to let this woman into the country because her actual first visa was denied, and they went back and approved it so she could come meet with Donald Trump Jr. And then they used that meeting as evidence to get their FISA court finally, um, like their, their FISA warrant, rather, uh, finally approved. So, and this was just three weeks before the election. So, like, literally, it's October now. Um, the... You know, the whole government's known about this crap since at least April, pretty much. And uh, now they're going to um, finally wiretap Trump, I guess. Which, it's, it's all bullcrap because the NSA already had... Like, everyone already wiretapped Trump. Everyone already knew everything that was going on there. The main difference was now they got to, like, legally unmask the names because they had a FISA, you know, uh, warrant. Because that's really how it works. They don't need a FISA warrant to surveil you. They need a FISA warrant to prosecute you for any surveillance they have. Like, it's not like they, you know, because now we just collect everything already. So it's not, like, it when it, when they, when it first came out, the FISA court, that's what it was for. For us to, like, you had to go through that before you could actually um, surveil, you know, a member of the United States, like a citizen of the United States. But since we do that now to everyone, everywhere in the world, 
that that's kind of pointless. Now the the FISA court literally its only purpose is to like uh, unmask names and actually like make the surveillance uh, legally you know uh, usable in court. Pretty much that's the whole point. It's to it's so you can actually use the evidence you already have now instead of using it to now get evidence. So anyways, they use this FISA court. Um, at, like this Judge Contreras and played him like a fiddle with this steel dossier and this meeting because obviously the judge was not aware that the government had allowed this meeting to take place and the government had helped pay for or at least tried to fund the steel dossier. Whoo, you know, um, pretty crazy. So this is the same time frame all those DNC leaks are in full swing. Everyone's reading about the DNC and uh, Hillary and Podesta's like dirty dealings through their emails, and no one's denying that the emails are real either. That um, it's it's you know everyone's reading all this pay for play crap like they're literally selling ambassadorships like and I know like I'm this might sound like hearsay to someone that's not in the know, but literally go look at the actual WikiLeaks emails. Like she was selling off like ambassadorships to France and stuff for like a million dollars. Like she, like her Clinton foundation would receive a million dollars from a person. And then the next day that person would be named ambassador of some place. Crazy, right? Anyways, it exposed all that crap and a bunch of other just dirty crap that she was doing behind the scenes, including screwing Bill, you know, uh, Bernie Sanders out of the nomination, but no one wanted to talk about that. Like all they wanted to talk about was, you know, if it was the Russians who leaked them, is it even legal to read these emails? Remember CNN famously was like tried to say that, you know, no one's no one's allowed to read the emails except for like CNN, you know, or, or peop, you know, journalists like that's the only legal way or something, which is, I mean, that's all ridiculous. Uh, but, you know, that's like it's like if you like caught or if your girlfriend caught you cheating on her and you were like, you know, how dare you go through my phone? Well, I mean, you're still cheating. So. You, know, I mean, you can act like, you know, it was dirty how she found out, but you're still the asshole for cheating. Whatever. Anyways, you're not going to, you know, convince them that, hey, should you maybe look at the emails and see what they actually say? Nope, nope, I don't want to, no, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to see it. Uh, you know, that's, that's cheating. You're not allowed to know their, their uh, private thoughts, you know? I mean... What, what's crazy is in all those emails, especially like Podesta's, who was the head of Hillary's campaign, um, there wasn't one email about anything good for America. Like, you can go through every single one. Dare you to find me one where he's discussing anything good that they want to do for America. Nope. None of that. It's just all dirty politics. Every single email. Literally. Um, so anyways, like... Besides that, uh, another side story to this is that the DNC, you know, they hired this uh, crowd strike to investigate them being hacked. You know, oh, how did our emails get out? Hmm. And crowd strike, in case you didn't know, first of all, it was funded with $100 million from Google and it was founded by Dmitry Alpergovich. Um, and he's a senior fellow at the Atlantic Council. Uh, the Atlantic Council, if you don't know, I actually did a, a few whole podcasts on the Atlantic Council. It's a uh, anti-Russian, pro-Ukrainian think tank funded by George Soros and Ukrainian oligarch Viktor Pinchik. Well, surprise, surprise, CrowdStrike blames the Russians. Uh, the DNC refuses to let the FBI look at their server to try to confirm who hacked what. Nope. Pass. Uh, no evidence is ever produced to show that the Russians, or anyone for that matter, ever hacked anything. 
And later, CrowdStrike retracts its statement about how there was evidence of Russian hacking. But that's months after gaslighting and saying that, you know, you don't know what gaslighting is. You just keep repeating something and uh, people eventually think it's true, you know. So after months of gaslighting, now everyone just, you know, says the Russians did it, but there's literally no evidence. And the people that originally said that have retracted their statement. So whatever. Um, but it wasn't the Russians, obviously. It was a Bernie bro named Seth Rich. And again, I've done podcasts on Seth Rich. I'm not going to go into great detail, but for people that I don't know, Seth Rich, upset that his new job for the Clinton campaign had exposed him to how the sausage was made, uh, he knew Bernie Sanders got shafted and the people were lied to. He didn't want them to get away with it. So he leaked all these emails to Gavin McFadden, um, which was a, uh, a lawyer for WikiLeaks. Now he's dead. Shocker, right? Just like Seth Rich. And because that's the point, Seth Rich was shot outside his home at 4.20 a.m. on July 10th. And this is like two weeks before the first emails were released on WikiLeaks. So, yeah, awful, awful odd coincidence, right? Police say it was a botched robbery, even though nothing was taken. And he was shot 20 feet from his front door as if someone was waiting for him to come home. Uh, you know, the DNC quietly dedicated a bike rack to him and moved on. We didn't hear about it in the news. Like, no one knew who Seth Rich was when he died or after he died. Like, it didn't make the news at all. Nothing. Julian Assange himself hinted that Seth Rich is, in fact, their source for the DNC leaks. But it, it's their policy to never reveal their sources, so he's not going to come right out and say, yes, it was Seth Rich, okay? He's just not going to do that. Meanwhile, the mainstream news reports over and over that Russia is responsible for the leaks and gave the emails to WikiLeaks as if it were fact. Again, gaslighting. Uh, ignoring all the evidence that says otherwise, including Julian Assange himself, you know, the guy who runs WikiLeaks, saying, nope, not the Russians, was not the Russians. Doesn't matter. They keep repeating it like it's truth, you know? It's crazy. So, how did the Steele dossier get into the hands of the FBI and the CIA? Uh, well, David Kramer did it. Uh, he's a former State Department official and current senior advisor at the nonprofit McCain Institute. Uh, he flew to London in November 2016 and picked up a copy for John McCain. And then John McCain turned around and gave it to Bruce Orr. Remember Bruce? You know Nellie Orr's husband, the one that works at the DOJ? Well, uh, well actually, FBI, rather. Um, the Bruce tasked Peter Strzok with investigating the dossier. Uh, he was the FBI agent who was in charge of Hillary Clinton's emails. Uh, he, he's the one that granted Huma Abedin and Cheryl Mills immunity. Uh, you know, concerning the email investigation. He was the one who originally interviewed General Flynn. Uh, he was hired by the former FBI director, Robert Mueller, to lead the FBI investigation effort into the Russian election collusion conspiracy. <sighs> he was then removed from the position after an inspector general found hundreds of anti-Trump text messages to the FBI director he was having an affair with. I'm sorry, not FBI director. FBI lawyer. I read that incorrectly. Um, her name was Lisa Page. She was the one who argued the FISA, FISA case to the wiretap the Trump campaign. He was then removed from his position after an inspector general found hundreds of anti-Trump text conversations to an FBI lawyer he was having an affair with, Lisa Page. She was the one who argued the FISA case to wiretap the Trump campaign. Imagine that. Based on evidence from the Steele dossier, um, and, and the meeting, eventually, that they allowed to happen, yet again. So, it literally was all them that created this whole fiasco. Anyways, uh, 
One of the texts that they found from Strzok to uh, Lisa Page says, quote, I want to believe the path you threw out for consideration in Andy's office, that there's no way Trump gets elected, but I'm afraid we can't take that risk. It's like an insurance policy in the unlikely event you die before you're 40. That's kind of a weird statement, but what they're talking about here is the Russian collusion narrative. This was their insurance policy in the unlikely event that Donald Trump was elected president. The FBI had the Steele dossier long before McCain showed up with it. Uh, Christopher Steele had been giving the FBI and the CIA copies of his research since the beginning. And if that was so, why didn't they let the American people know that one of the presidential candidates might be working for the Kremlin? Maybe it's because they knew the dossier was fake. Maybe they underestimated Donald Trump in middle America. Uh, didn't take the threat seriously. Maybe they assumed the worst, that Donald Trump was a Russian puppet, and they decided that he was still better than Hillary. The point is, the heads of the CIA and the FBI were aware of everything from the beginning and did nothing. So that either leaves them incredibly incompetent, or it means the dossier was not true. I mean, that's it. Those are the two options. Everyone at the FBI reports to acting AG Rod Rosenstein. Um... After Trump won, Rosenstein appointed Robert Mueller to head up the investigation into the Trump-Russia collusion, which was created with a fake dossier paid by the Hillary Clinton campaign. So, the Clinton campaign paid Perkins Coy, who paid Fusion's GPS, who paid Christopher Steele, who paid unnamed Russian sources for the information. That sure sounds like Hillary Clinton paid Russians for dirt on Trump, doesn't it? That's the very thing they're accusing of Trump doing to Hillary, isn't it? As of now, Mueller has spent over $6.7 million of our tax dollars on this investigation, and it's not over yet. Um, this is the same Robert Mueller, by the way, who was the FBI director on 9-11. Uh, it's the same Robert Mueller who delivered uranium samples to Russia during the Uranium One scandal, where we sold a third of our uranium to Russia. Uh, but that's only after they, you know, bribed Hillary Clinton and her cronies with $145 million dollars. And that was, you know, why Hillary, while Hillary was Secretary of State, you know. So, no big deal. It's $145 million, you can have a third of our uranium. Good deal, you know. Here's the point. There's no Russia collusion conspiracy involving Donald Trump. He's a narcissistic billionaire, sure. He's not going to be bribed or blackmailed by Russians. I mean, he's determined to be Reagan 2.0 on steroids and go down as the best president ever. Like, at least that's what he wants, because again, like... He's a narcissist. Like that's he he would he would like die before he let his uh I don't know, whatever you want to call it, his legend, his you know, he he is not going to let history books remember him as a Russian spy. Like that's not going to be how this goes down. Okay? Like he's this just not going to happen. He's the president of the United States and he's not a Russian agent. And it's just crazy talk. As long as we keep hating each other and accusing each other of being Nazis or libtards, the deep stick continues to win. This is all a very convenient excuse. It's been nearly three months, and we still know nothing about Las Vegas, where 58 people died trying to enjoy a concert. Not one surveillance photo of Stephen Paddock entering the hotel or being in Las Vegas at all. Even though Vegas has more cameras like per square foot than anywhere in the world, somehow they all miss Stephen Paddock. The FBI is now saying it'll be next October before we get any answers. I mean, that's just crazy. Like, why would we put up with that? Everyone would rather argue about whether Russians gave WikiLeaks all those emails in an effort to get Donald Trump elected. And everyone knows it's not true. But it sounds good, doesn't it? 
it's the go-to talking point that, you know, anytime anyone tries to point out what's in those emails and how corrupt Hillary is, you know, they're just like, oh, uh, it's well, if the, what, if the Russians hadn't released those, then uh, Donald wouldn't have won. Yeah, and we also want to have known how incredibly corrupt Hillary Clinton was. So, I mean, again, they didn't. They didn't release them. It's been said by everyone involved that Russia had nothing to do with releasing Hillary Clinton's emails, but somehow they keep carrying this narrative forward. I don't know. I mean, someone's got to win this culture war before there's a civil war. I mean, all sides think that they're right. And until we're forced to confront reality, it's never going to end. Everyone's just hunkered down in their own opinions, waiting to be proven correct. We need action. We need to lock her up. Or at least someone. We need to lock someone up. The left needs to realize they lost. Donald J. Trump is our president. No amount of screaming or crying is going to change that.